It's Lucas Schrock. Hello, everyone. He's back, folks. By popular demand, you wanted him, you got him. Schrock o'clock. Ding, ding, ding. Ding, ding, ding. Um, actually, Jordan's back, everyone, because last week, Chloe was on the podcast. And so, Jordan, you're actually back. Um, Jay Stein Derulo, we're back in the studio. Listen, I'm not here to disparage the name of Chloe Jackson. Lord knows she's got talent. Lord knows she's beloved by everybody. But honestly, it was a little bit like taking MJ and putting him on the bench and bringing in Tony Kukoc. Bringing in Tony Kukoc. Like, come on. It's a nice substitute, but it... It ain't the one. I really hope Chloe listens to this and gets so upset when I said that. We're going to get torched next week. She probably doesn't know who Tony Kukoc is, but she'll Google and be like, that guy? You think I'm that guy? (laughs) That guy. (laughs) Hey, tonight we did our very last of a couple things. Very last color games. Yo. Huge. Trivia. Hope you brought your big brains to venue. Um, And the other thing that we wrapped up was this What Do I Do series where we asked the question, what do I do when my faith gets challenged? Yo, challenge. Just like Family Feud, kind of. Not really. Okay. This really, we should just start this over. (laughs) It's like a debate, but it's not. That was a big miss right there. (laughs) It wasn't the best, but it's all good. What do I do when my faith is challenged? So we talked through a few things, one of them being intentional relational evangelism. Those are three big words that basically mean if we're going to lead people to Jesus, it's got to be on purpose and it's got to be in the context of a friendship that we can't just drop the gospel on somebody and move on and expect them to grow, that we've got to build trust and um, like camaraderie and love with somebody before they're probably going to be open to the gospel. And so the first thing I wanted to ask you, Lucas, was what is your experience with intentional relational evangelism? Is that how you came to know Jesus? Did somebody like take you under their wing, talk to you about the gospel, um, or was it some other way? And like, how have you seen that work since you have grown? Do you see other people doing that and people knowing Jesus in that way or other ways? Yeah, I feel like, well, growing up, I grew up in the church, but I never really understood the concept of having a relationship with Jesus. Uh, my friend Andrew, who we've been best friends since first grade, um, and just really from first grade to about sixth or seventh grade for five or six years, I mean, he really did a good job of just building a relationship with me, building a friendship and just bonding over certain things that we really enjoy together, football or whatever it might have been. Pokemon. And then not Pokemon. Um, But you weren't a Pokemon kid? No, I was not. Were you not allowed to? No, it just never really interested me. Really? Yeah. Wow. Big surprise. Okay. Sorry. Keep going. It's okay. Um, But... And then eventually he invited me to a couple of youth events um, at his church. Then I was able to really hear the gospel, build relationships with other people, start having mentors and stuff like that. So Andrew did a wonderful job, um, and I'm eternally grateful for that, of how God used him in that way. Um, I definitely used to be a person that was all about truth and like rushed to share the gospel and kind of shoved it down people's throats and stuff. And over the last definitely couple of years, the Lord has really shown me um, just the beauty of 
understanding people's stories and just getting to know them over a cup of coffee or whatever it might, it might be. Um, I heard one time like people have to feel like they belong before they can, they can believe. And so that really stuck on my heart and um, really tried to apply that to my daily practices and stuff when it comes to sharing the word. So we're not talking about being ashamed of Jesus and like hiding it from somebody. We're talking about waiting for the right time when it's a natural organic place to maybe they're hurting or maybe they are asking questions or maybe something's happening in their life that that like makes this conversation relevant. And that is the moment you choose to share the gospel. Not like, oh man, I've been friends with them for two days and I haven't even told them about Jesus yet. Like not to say anything's wrong with that, but it's definitely not something you have to do. You don't have to bring Jesus up every moment. And actually a lot of people aren't ready to hear that until they know that you care about them as a person and not just a project. So definitely building those relationships is the way to go. Yeah. Like don't feel forced or like obligated to share the good news, but if an opportunity comes up, then be prepared to give an answer with gentleness and respect. That's what first Peter three fifteen says. Oh, hit him with the first Peter. That's, yeah, that's good. Very good. Um, okay. Next thing is we said that we should always be ready to engage people in discussion to personify them rather than see them as a project, but see them as a person and to pray for them even before the interaction with them. So Lucas, my question is, which of those is toughest for you to engage people in, in meaningful discussion, to see them as a person, not a project, or to always be praying for those things to be coming up in your life? Definitely always be praying. Um, and not just like, dear Jesus, I hope that like, give me, give me opportunities to have conversations with people about you this week. But like, dear Jesus, I want to have a conversation with name this person in my life about the gospel or about you or continue to get to know them. If we name a person in our prayers and we're honest in our prayers with that, then like we're being more bold in our prayer life. And that can be, that can be scary, but it also could be really cool as well. So that's something I'm trying to grow in is just more um, honesty and boldness. And um, I don't know, maybe assertiveness might be a good word as well in my prayers. And so and I've seen the fruit from that, which has been really cool, which is over the last couple of months. God has given me some really cool opportunities to have good conversations with people, believers and non-believers with that. I never thought about that, but yeah, praying someone's name specifically is a little bit intimidating because then it's like, it's not this big ambiguous prayer where it's like, I don't know who God's going to bring into my life. It's like, wow, if you pray specifically for this friendship, then you know God is working in it. And then I have to be on my guard, like actively looking for ways to share Jesus with them or to get closer to them. So yes, I would say it's good to pray in a general sense, but if you've got somebody in specific that God has laid on your heart, absolutely name them in your prayers and just be so intentional about building relationship with them so that we can get to the point where we're sharing Jesus. That's so good, man. Very last thing is, uh, you know, towards the end, we talked about evidence for Jesus and evidence for the Bible and scholarly critique of the Bible and how we don't have to just believe something that may or may not have happened or it's all faith and it's no facts. It's like, this is so reliable. The Bible is literally the most reliable and best recorded and most duplicated ancient document in world history. And so if we can be sure of anything, it's that this is a document that has been unchanged and there are so many close eyewitness accounts to it that we can be sure that what it says is true. 
talking about the number of sources, secular sources, non-Christian sources that name Jesus as opposed to like Julius Caesar or Tiberius Augustus. And so these guys who absolutely lived and accomplished a lot of a lot of big things, like Jesus has more sources about him than even them and just how crazy it is. So that's the encouragement, man, is that we don't have to go out there and be like, well, I think this happened or my church says this is true. It's like, look at archaeology, look at history. This is something that cannot be refuted. Yeah, there's no loopholes in the Bible and... Um, it's not even close either. Like there's some numbers between Julius Caesar compared to accounts of Jesus, or like I think of um Homer. Did Homer write the Iliad right? Yeah, I think so. And so Homer's works and stuff with like Greek mythology and that kind of stuff, the amount of um documents that were shared and like published and stuff compared to um original artifacts of the Bible, it's not even close. Not even close. All right. Hey, that's what we have for you. We hope that this series was useful for you in your daily life. We hope that this message in particular will inspire you to pray for conversations with your peers and friends about Jesus and not feel too much pressure when they happen, but just let them flow naturally, present the gospel when it's the right time, be in communication with the Holy Spirit about everything, and uh, just be bold with your faith because we have been blessed to bless others. We have been saved to save others. We want to be light bringers and kingdom people, not ones who hide from confrontation in faith or discussion in faith. So anything to end, man? Yeah. Have a great Easter, guys. Um, we have our Monday, Thursday service on Thursday, the stations at the cross on Friday, Easter service on Sunday. Take time to reflect the life that Jesus lived and the death that Jesus died this weekend. Bang, bang. <laughs>